baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. We just heard in the news there, uh, the city of Minneapolis testing out their voting machines ahead of the March 5th primary election. And our next guest knows a little something about that. He is Steve Simon, the Secretary of State for the state of Minnesota, joins us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Let's start there, Steve. Can you tell us about how often voting machines uh, anywhere in Minnesota are tested out? How routine is that? Hey, yeah. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. And I loved that lead-in. It was music to my ears because, yes, today is a day when people around the state of Minnesota are doing exactly what that lead-in described. It's called a public accuracy test. It's mandatory in state law. Anyone who owns elections equipment, be it a city, a county, whoever, they have to trot that out for public view and testing on a day like today before every election. So that's whether it's the presidential primary, whether it's the August primary, whether it's the November general election, that has to be done. That ought to inspire confidence. I think it does, and it ought to, because it's an occasion when people can come in and they watch the elections workers basically try to trick the machines. They will crease the paper or rip it or put stray marks on it or overvote or what have you. And only if the machines um, are perfect and accurately convey what the voter tried to convey, will they be used in the upcoming election? So, so we're going to do that three times this year. So per, so it has to be perfect. So in other words, if like, well, I missed this one, but it's still good to go. They have to absolutely have 100% accuracy. Right. And they keep doing it um, so that they know that it's 100% accurate. So they want to make sure that the equipment is up to snuff and that it's good enough for us in Minnesota and we demand that it be totally accurate and it's not used if it isn't. We brought this up before about how different counties, different states have different types of voting machines and I guess one might wonder, well, why isn't there a uniform system all, all across the country? But haven't you argued before that it's a good thing that we have different kind of voting machines and systems? Yeah, I think competition is good and what we do in Minnesota is our office sort of to use a food analogy or a restaurant analogy, we put the stuff on the menu. So we certify whatever brands of vendors want to come in and meet the rigorous requirements. We put it on the menu, but we don't order off the menu. That's up to the counties in Minnesota, all 87. They can only order what's on the menu. They can only order what's been certified by our office. Uh, but it's up to them. And we have a patchwork. Some counties choose one brand and other counties choose another brand. But I think that's good when the competition is good. Steve, when will we know the results of this testing, and is it transparent and open to the public? Yes, you'll know today, and anyone off the street can walk in. You don't have to be from Minneapolis or the jurisdiction that's holding it. You don't have to be a big shot or a VIP or have an engraved invitation. Any person from anywhere in Minnesota can walk on in and watch these elections folks basically kick the tires, look under the hood, try to trick the elections equipment. And by the way, this is not new. We've been doing this for many, many years. It's only become more relevant in recent years because of some of the, you know, um, let's just say disinformation about our election system, including but not limited to um, the accuracy of the elections equipment. Do people do it? 
Do people kick the tires? Do they try to trick you guys? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I am going to one later today in Shakopee for Scott County. So I'll be there watching theirs. And um, are you going to wear a disguise and try to pretend? Not not at all. I'm going. (laughs) No incognito. No Groucho glasses. It's nothing like that. I'm going to go in, and we're going to have others come with us so we can shine a light on this. But but yeah, any citizen can ask questions. They can um, watch and almost literally peer over the shoulders of the election folks who are doing these tests. And as I said, they they try to trick the machines. That's the goal. And this is the first of three rounds. So Minneapolis is going to have to do this again before the August primary. And Minneapolis and every other jurisdiction in the state is going to have to do this a third time before the general election. That's our law. It's been that way for a long time. But, you know, I don't expect Minnesotans to like attend and flock to these things. They've got lives and jobs and all the rest. But it's good that everyday folks just know that this exists, that it's out there. Uh, Secretary of State Steve Simon is on the line. We've seen um, pushes or efforts, even in North Dakota, saying, we don't trust machines to count our votes. We should do it by hand. Why is that a bad idea, if it is? Well, it's a bad idea because it's less accurate. It's more expensive, and it's more time-consuming. Other than that, it's a great idea. Um, uh, it, it, it really is. It's, it's more accurate to do the way that we do, which is we always have paper ballots as a backup, no question. We are a paper ballot state. It's something you can touch and feel and see, so that's always the backstop. But the tabulating machines are more accurate than hand counts. Um, sometimes we do hand counts afterwards in certain recount situations just to do belt and suspenders, and that's okay. But it's also more expensive because you need more time and more people hours and more equipment. Um, and it takes longer. When you do the hand counting that some people are talking about, you're talking about 20-some, 30-some contests on a ballot. That means you got to do a hand count for each one of those. You're talking days or weeks after the election day when results would be known. So, look, our system of, of tabulated ballots, where you have paper that you can touch and feel and see and challenge at the end, has really withstood the test of time. We've had that system for decades. It's safe. It's secure. And that has really served us well. Steve, the reason we called your office to begin with, I mean, this all just came up today. So thank you for the education. And it was perfectly timely. But uh, one of the other things we want to ask you about is the fact that the Secretary of State's office, your office, is coordinating active shooter drills for election workers. No, Arizona oh, is. Oh, I'm so, yeah. I'm so sorry. That's all right. But the- I misspoke. <laughs> I want to know if you do that here and, you know, why – do you think this is necessary? Do you think this is extreme? Sorry. And again, Minnesotans, I misspoke. I'm sorry. This is happening in Arizona. <laughs> and we okay. want to ask Steve about if it's happening here. Right. No, we do not do active shooter drills uh, to prepare for the elections. I, I saw that same article that Arizona does it. Their situation is a little different. I don't want to speak for them, but they had a couple of pretty scary incidents in 2022 involving people who were armed, who were camped outside the polling places. We have not had that. And Minnesota's rules are quite clear. Others are less clear. In Minnesota, for years, for decades, the rule has been the only people allowed within 100 feet of a polling place are voters, election workers, and anyone who naturally works in that building, a school, a community center, whatever. So fortunately, in Minnesota, knock on wood, our 
um, polling places, 3,000 polling places, by the way, throughout Minnesota on elections, have been really an oasis of, of calm. Uh, and that's a good thing. Now, that doesn't mean we shouldn't take precautions, and we do. Let me tell you what we actually do. We don't do active shooter drills, but we do all sorts of other things. So we do constant training, including in de-escalation techniques and emergency preparedness for the poll workers. Um, we have an election security team in our office that develops relationships with all local election officials and advises them on a number of things, including physical security. We recently conducted what's called a tabletop training exercise um, in partnership with local election officials and federal and state law enforcement, where we all met. And there were 50 plus counties in Minnesota that participated, and we sort of gamed out security uh, scenarios and who would do what and who would say what and what the chain of command is. And so I feel cautiously optimistic that we're in a good spot to handle whatever could arise in a polling place. We have, as I say, had a, an extremely safe record across many years in terms of our polling places. And so I, I'm cautiously optimistic this year that we can keep it that way. How often, though, or how recent has it been where, you, for example, you're teaching people at polling places de-escalation techniques? I mean, is that a relatively new thing? Or has this it always is. been the situation that security has always been a concern at polling places? <laughs> no, it's recent. It's it's really the last few years. And it's for some of the reasons that we've all been sort of hinting at, which is over the last few years, um, we have seen this um, increased scrutiny of election systems. And by the way, scrutiny is fine. And cynicism or skepticism is absolutely fine. I think that's healthy in any democracy. People should ask electeds and unelecteds tough questions, me very much included. But we don't want that to turn into something else. We don't want that to morph into a violent tendency or outright hostility or something like that. And so we have um, helped uh, poll workers uh, get schooled in de-escalation techniques. We got a First Amendment, and thank God for it. Anyone can express a strong view and salty language and all the rest. Just don't interfere with the election administration itself. Say what you want, express your opinion, yell at someone, that's fine. But do your thing, go and vote, and then get on your way and allow your friends and neighbors to vote as well. That's the key Yeah, thing. but don't yell at anybody. Yeah, don't, don't do that. Well... I'll Maybe say a that, little muted, you. yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so we're talking to Steve Simon, our Secretary of State. A couple more questions. Uh, some of the texters want to know if Mike Lindell is invited to test out the election system. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say, not explicitly, but if Mike Lindell wanted to attend to, one or ten or a hundred of these things, just like any Minnesotan, and, and again, you don't have to live in the place. If you hear that Minneapolis today is doing its public accuracy test and you live in Bemidji or Minnetonka or St. Louis Park, go for it and vice versa. Also, we just watched Curb Your Enthusiasm. I don't know if you're a fan, but <laughs> we saw Larry David get arrested in Georgia because he gave a bottle of water to a friend of his who was online waiting to vote. And she had been waiting out in the Georgia heat for two a and a half law. hours. A yes, thing. there's really a law in Georgia that says you can't give comfort, uh, meaning right. water, to people that are waiting to vote. Do we have that law in Minnesota? We don't. Okay. We don't. And I'm glad we don't. But what we do have, which I hope every state has, is this. You can't give something of value to someone if it's in exchange for a vote, obviously. You can't give water or candy or anything if you say, hey, vote for candidate X and here's this great bottle of water. We do have that law. But just simply offering someone comfort not tied to an outcome or a vote, that is um, 
I'm <laughs> thankfully not our approach. Let's put it that way. Georgia did what it did, but we're not doing that here. Primary coming up, obviously the general election in November. How do we sit when it comes to election workers and judges, uh, especially volunteer workers? Uh, uh, do we need some people? Well, we're always looking for people. We need 30,000, believe it or not. That's a small army every election in Minnesota to do that job. It is a job. It is paid. And my pitch is always to new people, particularly younger folks. You know, you can do the election judge work. That's what we call our poll workers, election judges, as of age 16. And they got to let you out of school under state law. And they got to let you out of work under state law. It's paid. Yeah, Even the two hours of mandatory training is paid. It might look good on a college application, yeah. resume, that sort go. of thing. So yeah. I, I, I feel cautiously optimistic. I always forget that. I always say volunteer, but no, that's those are paid positions. So I got yeah. a couple yeah. of kids. I'm going to send you away, Steve. I'll, uh, I'll take them. Apply. Steve Absolutely. Simon, we want to thank you so much. Is there thank anything you, we didn't ask you because we asked you a lot? Anything you want to mention while we got you on the air? Yeah, I'll just mention that we are right now in the voting zone for the presidential primary. We're a Super Tuesday state. That's going to be March 5th. That's three weeks from today. Anyone in Minnesota who's eligible now can vote now by absentee. To find out more, our website is mnvotes.gov, mnvotes.gov. You can order the ballot to come to you. You can vote in person between now and Election Day. And, of course, game day itself, Tuesday, March 5th. Awesome. I wouldn't miss the opportunity to go vote in person and get my sticker and weep openly in the voting booth. <laughs> my grandmother could not. Is it because of the choices you're faced with? That's right. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Appreciate the time Thank as you always. Thank you very much. Yep. Thanks for having me. That's true, actually. Maybe I should weep not because <laughs> that I'm yes. a woman and I have the right to vote, but because of the These candidates. Are the choices you that face. I have. Yeah. Yes, that's right. 1121, uh, back after this on WCCO.